Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are we recording? Yep. Okay. Um, hello. Um, welcome to the next episode, a special episode of Hardcore Listing. You lucky tuckers. Ooh. Yeah. Heard that one before? No, no. Did you just make that up? Made it up, didn't I? Yeah. Pretty poor. Um, so <laughs> this is um, a little bonus to our um, regular Monday release. Yes. We've been saving this one up. We've had this one in the can for so a while. A big release for you today. Big. Um, it's record store day. So. Yes. Um, one of the exclusive releases on Record Store Day yep. is um, the Elastica album, yes. um, which has um, had some little bits of bobs done to it. Yep. Um, go and grab your copy from your local independent record store. Um, and, yeah, we was lucky enough to have um, Justin from Elastica yep. um, invite us down to Brighton, to a studio. Um, it was our first proper trip out as the podcast yeah. hardcore listing crew, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and... He spoke um, with us for a few hours, so this will be broken down into a few episodes. Yeah, we could have um, it could have gone on for hours and hours yeah, and hours. We're having yeah. so it was it was really lots to talk about with Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's um, it, it, and it was really good because I've, I've known just quite a long time, and we, generally whenever we've hung out, we, it's been you know he's been DJing for us or whatever, and yeah. not really had a chance to to really sort of get into some some Britpop gold yeah, really, man. and um, and. He was totally open and we d- didn't realise just how much of a little network all these bands were in. Like, you know, when he talks about who he lived with and then he was in a band with them and then he was in a band with them and, and, and just then ended up going back and ending up drumming with Suede and, and whatnot. Just some real interesting stuff. And yep. um, and he's, he's he's a top lad as well. He's a, he's a, he's a real, real, real top very, lad. Very easy to get into conversation. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah discuss about his story and also uh, what he picked as well. Yeah. Which was uh, a lot of fun. And again, we'll probably have that up on a Spotify playlist for you all motherfuckers. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Go to Spotify and um, put in Hardcore Listing, Elastica, and, um, and then have a little listen. Um, shout outs. Um, 76, our producer. Yeah, let's get that one in first. And then um, let's get some love to the, the podfather, um, Screw Pip, and our little family on the network, yep. which is Stop and Search with... Jason Reed. Uh, Sam more excited. Because I'm not into this whole duo in us doing it as a duo, this bit. All right, you do it on your own. All right. That's better. I feel more up for it now Go already. On. So, yeah, listen to the rest of the uh, the network, such as Stop and Search with uh, Jason Reed, where you can hear a lot about um, the law enforcement. Um, law what? Law enforcement against oh, right. prohibition. Sorry. 
um, is what Jason's part of, I do believe. Um, say why to drugs with Dr. Susie Gage, where you can listen to the ins and outs of all different pros and cons about uh, the different drugs that are available. What is it? It's not a pro. I don't know. Drugs. It's your it's thing, man. It's your thing. You've gone solo. <laughs> it's not anti drugs. It's just, um, you know, a I think the clue's in the title, argument. Chris. Yeah. Um, and also uh, Tuesday Night Jaw with Jim Smallman, uh, which is a. Uh, what is it? Is it every Tuesday me. night? <laughs> every Tuesday night discussing uh, wrestling news. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Oh, and of course, the original Distraction Pieces uh, podcast with uh, Scrublins, Pippikins. Yeah, so that's our network. Go on then, back over to you, mate. You can put your dummy back in now. Really unprofessional, that. Really unprofessional. <laughs> Trying to run a tight ship here. <laughs> Constantly clearing up your fucking mess. Um, really, really apologise um, for Chris's behaviour there. Um, very, very selfish man. Um, okay, um, please enjoy part one of Hardcore Listing Record Store Day special with Justin Welsh from Elastica. Enjoy. Catch you soon. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Okay, so um, today's guest is, is Just. How you doing, Just? Hello, my friend. How are you? Yeah, smashing. Um, this is the second take because we started having this discussion and, and Chris fucked up the, the Mac and didn't, it wasn't recorded. He pressed the record button solidly enough. So we've already discussed the fact that. Thank, thankfully, <laughs> that was only like a minute as opposed to getting into it for <laughs> two minutes. Two hours. Uh, line, yeah, right. that hasn't been recorded. So <laughs> you tell me, last night you stayed up to about four in the morning drinking well, and we, um, eating fry ups. Is that we, what we, we recorded a podcast last night with um, uh, my pal Mike, who was in a, a couple of bands that had done well. And uh, and he, he was going through his songs and he, he chipped off and I, I we normally record I've got a little bar at the end of my garden. Right. Like, uh, uh, at the end of your garden. Yeah, yeah. it's a shed. Okay. But we've that got a little. Like my brother. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's called the Whiff Inn. And so we ended up staying down there and having a few beers and then we was we was actually going through Elastica Records and stuff on, on MTV, yeah. uh, on YouTube and stuff last night, weren't we? And then yeah, yeah. somehow it spiraled into, PJ Harvey led us into Nick Cave, and That's then it, we yeah. just went on mm-hmm. Nick Cave binge, and it was like three o'clock, it's time to go to bed. And yeah. Then, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so we're... But I feel alright today, yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel quite alert. Yeah. It sounds like my, brother, my brother's got a, a bar, yours is the way thing, is his uh, Dan's bar, and it's, right. got, it's got all the... Uh, it's got a pool table. And oh, wow, mine's not that much. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a bit more rural, probably. Yeah. He's got a few uh, arcade machines and oh, wow. Sega Rally and all that. And it's, oh, really? It's, yeah, he's gone to town on it. <laughs> and then he rock and roll memorabilia that I can get, give him, you know. Yeah. For instance, he's got the old lush bass drum head up. And, but it's, yeah, it's just it's just a nostalgia trip down there. Half a car boot sour and half of it's all right. But it's, I've, got, what, 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 I've basically just got photographs of boxers on mine. Oh, and, really? then one of, and then one of Michael Jackson over, uh, your, over your half, over your sort of like fireplace. Yeah. That, that, that is the wife's picture, but I'm, I'm not showing sure Well, next time I'm in Essex, then I'm going to have to... Uh, come round. Come Definitely. Round. Sounds, yeah. like, sounds yeah. like a, an invite I, I, I can't refuse. 
Justin, I'm, can I ask you just to move that mic slightly closer to you, mate? Yeah, just because we are picking you up. But, is that you know. good? There we go, I think that's better. Yeah. So, welcome to Brighton, guys, anyway. Yeah. Welcome. welcome. I love it. To I'm the seaside. Although you're not far from the sea anyway, really, are you? We're on the Thames. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> it's all the same. It's all water. It all leads out to the sea. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been to Brighton. I think last time we came to Brighton was with Scroobius. Um, Africa Van Bar at the whole Yeah, I think that's yeah. I did a, I, I DJ for uh for one of your nights. Um, no, not the haunt. Um New Era. It was at the time, I believe. New Clock Tower. Yeah, we sat with Matt. Was that was, Matt yeah. 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 Yeah, you come strange even, but was it a busy one or was it really not a busy one? I won't say. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was one of them. Uh, it was busier where I was DJing, obviously. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, I had all the right records here. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> well, that, that's, how, how did we meet, Justin, initially? Like, hmm. well, I've known you quite a long time now, haven't I? Yeah. So, um, I think you DJed oh. for somebody at Shoreditch, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, is it, did you DJ for Ronnie? I must have done. I did do a few nights for Ronnie at a couple of his clubs. Right, and I think I was like... And then you, you put us on, I'm sure, with the Asbo kid thing. Uh, Queen of Hoxton. Yes, we did that. And then yeah. you... Well, no, you, I think you called me and just said you do want to do a few more. You come with a toothbrush and yeah, done some yeah, stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Rated, yeah. didn't you? I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's historic, the toothbrush. You know, well, let's, let's, I'll tell you what, let's, 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 start on your, let's start on your musical journey a little bit. Yeah, um, with the, With the toothbrush, then. Yeah. Because... Pre-Elastica, you was... Well, I was playing, when I was playing, I played drums for Spitfire. That's right. And um, I can't even remember, I joined the band, ironically, it was, it was from when I moved to, I'd come down to Brighton for, for, for a day, <laughs> and uh, ended up being in the band, you know. And <laughs> about a few, a few, like a week later or so, we were on tour, and one of those dates was the, was the Pink Toothbrush, yeah. I believe. So how long was you do? Well, I would have been 18. Because I, I, well, I left work well, uh, about a couple of weeks later after my 18th birthday, because in those days you could sign on. So that yeah. was always my game plan. When I moved down to London, um, the, the idea was get a job, do what I, what I could for, to make ends meet for a while, uh, whether it be working in the bakery, which was one of the jobs, or, or with a view to, to, to you know, being in a band. In those days, it was easy to, to live in London. You know, it's pretty cheap. You didn't... You could, uh, Get away with living quite cheaply, and and then and when you, when you're 18, you can sign on. So that was that was always my plan. Yeah. And of course, when when I when you sign on, you go down a dole office, and everyone you knew was in a band. So yeah. <laughs> it's quite a good networking <laughs> place, really. You know, you're supposed to be looking for job seekers or whatever. That was it. Everyone was trying to find a new uh, 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 somewhere else to go. Um, but yeah, we were on. Yeah, we did. We played the played the the, the toothbrush. I think it was good night. Yeah, it was a good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spitfire. Yeah. Um... I, I do remember. Well, Sunshine. That was yeah, tune, wasn't it? yeah. I oh, played on that track. I did play on that track. That was a fucking killer single, that one. Yeah. Oh, right. They've had a couple before, a couple of VPs, um, which was. Well, Sunshine was an EP, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Black cover, yeah. Of sort of wheel or something like yeah. that. Uh, I think that was a vinyl, red vinyl, I think it came out on as well. You might be right. If you got one of those, worth a fortune they are these days. So, uh, and then I did the album. I did the album with them. And then uh, I left. Uh, just after we'd recorded the record, 
um, because I, at the same time I was starting to, starting to rehearse with Justine and uh, Donna and Annie as a, as a last one. So, um, yeah, so I did a couple of records with them. And um, we did, we, I mean, Spitfire was great. I've got fond memories of that band. Uh, it was it was like your apprenticeship, really. Yeah. You know, in yeah. those days, you'd get in a van, you'd go up and down the country, yeah. you know, night after night. Like I was saying, you didn't really need a lot of money. And it was, as long as you, your rent was being paid, and yeah. the whole point of being in a band then was, you know, you'd play, you'd get food and drink, and you'd be playing every night. Absolutely. And, and that's, that was it. And you it's more like you said, be 18 years old, isn't it? You know, I don't, know if, I don't know if many bands do that anymore. It's, yeah, it's, there's a lot to be lot to be said for getting in the back of a transit van. And, yeah. And I mean, Jeff, the singer, used to announce at the end of the night, you know, end of the gig, thanks for coming and all the rest of it, and and say, if anyone can anyone put us up? Yeah. And we would yeah. just be crashing on people's floors every night. I mean, but we were touring. That was yeah. all that mattered. Yeah. People were coming to the gigs, and then on the back of that, because the band was good and tight and it played a lot, mm. it would get. Uh, we had some decent supports like the Lush Tour, which yeah. has come full circle. Yeah. On that yeah. One. Uh, Blur, the Leisure Tour, which was uh, oh, uh, brilliant because obviously Blur were then at the, the, the peak of yeah. already, yeah. you know, yeah. they were, they'd had a, a, an album which had been successful yeah. and a, a top 10 single, yeah. which was slightly unheard of in those days, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. for an indie band to get on to yeah. the top of pop. Yeah. And, they, they, it was, and it was the uni tour, which, you know, or bring back university tours. Yeah. What, what else do you want? You know, like as oh. you were saying, it wasn't like amazingly paid or whatnot, but oh. you were sort of like cutting your teeth and learning yeah. the sort of craft yeah. and absolutely having a blast with it. Exactly. And, you know, for a musician of 18 years you old, know, you know, I don't think, really yeah, that. I mean, you know, what you do have now is, a, I guess, music colleges, but in some ways that's put a damper on it in many ways because they, the only gigs they do is through the college. Yeah. Really. Got to get out there. Still, mm. you just got to get out there and go and play. I mean, one, you're going to become a better musician, which is not the all and end all, but yeah. you're going to get the experience of playing. Yeah. But if there was more opportunity for bands to do that, I think there'd be a lot better bands yeah, around, yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone would stop worrying about individuals yeah, yeah. trying to get what they can and become yeah. session musician or whatever. Yeah. You know, it was a gang. You know, Spitfire was a gang. It was like like the Clash or something. You know, yeah. it's just everyone's living together and. Making a racket and making the snacks <laughs> together, <laughs> but learning fast, and you do learn fast. Yeah, yeah. We've got um, you, you've kindly put together two lists for us. Yeah. Um. So, do you want to tell us what the first list we're going to do? Uh, well, when you asked me to do this, it was kind of um, I, I tend to think of you know what is your favourite, what is your top ten of this mm. or top five, and we're going to look at sort of top five, but. I, I struggle to think of a top five, really, because there's yeah. so many. It's hard. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't think I could ever get a top. I've yeah. probably got yeah, yeah. five number ones. Yeah, yeah. Five yeah, number yeah. twos yeah. and five. And no. So to narrow it down a little bit, I, it's it's. I kind of see it as five songs that I've got some sort of connection with. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's a different way. I hope that doesn't spoil the game and I have to get out, no, of, my no, no. Get out of jail free card <laughs> early on. But it's almost yeah. like five singles, five records, yeah. which, sure which means something to me. Yeah. And so I've chosen chosen the 80s for the, out, of, out of those categories for the first bit, which uh, and a lot of the choices as I, as I go through is, is really because I've got some sort of memory that's yeah. attached to yeah. it. 
And it might not necessarily always be um, uh, uh, the lyrical content. Yeah. 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 What that record meant to me. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. That's what uh, a lot of what this is about as well, because it's it's sometimes fun to sort of like try and get reminisce and, and think of the things that have influenced you or that have stuck with you. <laughs> and it's uh, when we looked at this, there's a lot of these. You only go online these days. There's a lot of those like your top five, they're always like clickbait for people to look at, top five celebrity outfit malfunctions and stuff like that, just for people to, people click on there and then they realise, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. This is a poor life for us. And we thought we'd, we'd do one where we could actually really have a good conversation about things that matter to people that we know or who are inspiring in, in different fields and actually just have a good dig deep into what what has influenced them, what they love. Mm. And if they if they rate it, fine. If they don't, that's absolutely fine. Because we never really as I say this is a new format for us. So it's not about what one's got to be the best. It's yeah. just yeah. try and narrow it down. Because if we were going to do like the top twenty then it almost doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. What's your top one hundred yeah. favourite yeah. movies? Well that's like doing the, doing the, the, the polls at the end of the year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. music poll. I mean, I, I, when I went to uh, when I first moved to London, I got a, I was lucky enough to get a job at a place called Music Box, which was which was great. Before <laughs> yeah, before yeah, they had a rock program called Raw Power and yeah. Indie One Transmission and a couple of like um, sort of like Saturday morning sort of shows. I think Pat Sharp was one of the presenters and that sort of thing. <laughs> But one of my jobs it, 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 every week was to compile a uh, top ten. Now it wasn't down to record sales or the Gallup charts or anything. I used to just get the enemy, the melody maker, smash it, blah blah blah, and go, "Well, that one's been at number two for a couple of weeks." And I just make them up, and that's how we would do our ch- the chart show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? yeah. And that's how we used to make the chart. Oh, yeah. oh, I was the yeah. Oh, 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 but that was one of my little jobs, you know, in amongst oh, formatting tapes and running around. Yeah. Again, this Giles, my title as as a, a traffic coordinator, which what does that mean? <laughs> what you know, did that mean? did it, gave me another twenty quid a week. And then I'd have to do this chart. Oh, so I'd go and scribble it down, you know, and, you know, and just get it down to the editing suite and they'll put this chart show together. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> There's people out there being influenced yeah. by your your uh, sort of, yeah, put scrambling well, it together and, you know, that's brilliant, though. It's probably so, exactly. So I've, I've just chosen a bunch of tracks which, yeah, I, I kind of guess they sort of mean something to me, really. So I thought I'd start off with... Um, one which is never leaves the record bag, okay. and because it's always a <laughs> if I'm on a flat spot when I'm DJ, not I've done a lot of DJing recently. Mm. I've always put on um, Salt and Pepper's Push It, mm. and uh, that's that has been my get out of jail free yeah. card. Yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. has. You know, I mean, another one that I, I, I probably would have put on was Pump Up the Volume. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. in the right place yeah. would always yeah. work. Yeah. But Push It is kind of, for me, it was great. I mean, the, the drums are great. And, and the best thing about that track, really, is, is it was a B-side. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know this. When you said that, I did a bit of digging as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a B-side to uh, Tramp, 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 something like that. And, and then a keep, year later, because yeah. yeah. it was more, it was, you know, people preferred it than the A-side. They, they really yeah, it's like, the, the, uh, have you heard Tramp? Have you heard it? Yeah. It is. I do not yeah. like it. it. No wonder. Oh, right. But I can't even imagine how they put those two together, even, and pressed it and went, oh, that's the B-side. Like, they were having a bad day when they decided to make that a B-side. Yeah. It, like, the production difference between Tramp and, and Push It, it's, it's, it's a different league. Tramp is, like, like, really basement, sort of, early doors of a, of, a, of, a, of a group sort of making music. And Push It is, like, it was finesse, and like you say, it is a, it is like from one the get go as well. The minute it yeah, starts, yeah. instantly, isn't yeah. it? You just you, you, you're gonna dance. It's got it's got that. It's got everything. It's got that. It, it, a thing to dance to. It's yeah. I think to me that is a gateway into rap. It was definitely. I had um, we were talking about um, before we started this. Like, what was it now? What, now that's what I call music. One was your yeah. first record. Yeah. For me, it was Rap Attack. Yeah. And um, Rap Attack. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. Fucking amazing. And sort of rappers on there, and that, that was like my gateway to mm. learning how to rap was rapping push it, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so catchy. Yeah, it's brilliant. brilliant. Well, I was, back in the eighties, uh, we used to go through that stage of sharing records with mates and stuff. And um, the Beastie Boys, License Deal, was was the big one. Yeah, that one just stood out. You know, yeah. seeing girls rapping. Yeah, yeah. Got, this is brilliant. You know, yeah. this is really, I just I kind of hooked into that, and I the think it's still was... the original version that I got. You know. Yeah. The video was powerful, wasn't yeah. it? It, it? Like they looked brilliant, and yeah. like their dancing was slick as fuck, and like yeah. it just the whole thing was just like fucking hell. This is this is brilliant. Like these girls just look cool as you like, and yeah, there was a lot of swagger, and yeah, they uh, they done all right after that as well, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Fucking we're, do, we're we're doing designs for our like our next uh, fashion release for uh, the, the clothes company we right. do, and it's all nineties streetwear and also the golden age of hip-hop which yeah. obviously salt and pepper were right at the start of late 80s coming into the 90s as well and uh, even there yeah like you say videos were slick what they were wearing was really memorable and it did it was different to say like the beastie boys and again that's your, one of your favorite all-time records isn't it license the hill yeah, we were talking last night yeah, yeah. saying like that 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 was for, for albums that kind of turned me on to something new when that, that come out license to Hill, i was probably 13, 14, it was like, this is the first time I'd felt like energy in music where I just felt a little bit of anger as well and it was like, oh, this is different and like, oh, brilliant, brilliant. Well, there was, back home we had, there was almost like, the, you know, everyone was trying to be a little bit in the crew and all the rest of it and no one really was, everyone was harmless, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it just gave you a little bit more muscle, that yeah. record almost, not yeah. that we needed muscle and there was no gang rivalry from yes. the, from yeah. a state to a state, but yeah. if you had that one, you knew yeah. something was, was cool, yeah. do you know, and yeah, they're listening to the Beastie Boys, yeah. you know, and they're listening, you know, it just had an element of, of cool did go, about it. Did you go out robbing the BW songs? No, I didn't do that, no, friends of mine might have. <laughs> <laughs> Sick it, sick record, uh, cover. Amazing artwork on the front of that. Yeah. Well, we used to, we used to hang as kids. We used to hang out on this, this sort of park which had like a concrete football pitch with like concrete sort of goals, and it was all laid out with the lino and where the boom box would be. Yeah. It was like just pathetic, really. But anyway, that was the kind of thing. And the electro albums were big, yeah, massive. Yeah. Electro one, electro two. Those two records Huge. were massive. You know, Huge. really, really good records. <laughs> so. Well, as we're getting through the, the, your choices and that, 
now, if you get a chance to sit down and, and listen to music, or whether you mm-hmm. don't sit down and listen to music, whenever you listen, how do you listen to music? What format and what? How do you do? You take it in? Is it in the car? Do you you know? Do you ever sit down and think, right, for the next hour, I'm going to listen to music? And how do you take in music now, Just? Well, <laughs> I would say normally uh, my biggest way of listening to music is uh, I still got my twelve tens, still got my yeah. decks. Uh, although they at the present they're being serviced um, right. for, for the summer, but um, it's really always been vinyl. Yeah. I've never liked CDs. Never liked CDs. I've got half a dozen CDs. I just cherry shop them or mm. give them away. And yeah, it's a good format to listen on, but it's never really, never, never. You know, in the car, they'd be lying around in the car. I used to love cassettes, uh, and but really, it's always been vinyl. I mean, mm. we do at home. My wife and I have got a just a, a, a very little, little Sony, you know, like a Bose speaker thing, for everyday radio thing. But really, it's. When I want to listen to music properly uh, and seriously, then it's either a headphones moment or or right. the decks. I mean, we just moved at the moment we're in between places, uh, so a lot of our stuff is in storage, which is why the decks are getting serviced mm. as well. Because when we move, we want to set up. But um, we also have Vinyl Friday. That was a big thing in our, in our house. So in whatever format you play music during the week, whether radio on or whatever, you know, the radio is always on. But Vinyl Friday is always quite a tradition, really. I mean, it goes way back, I think, because my parents were, were are and still are massive vinyl fans. My dad's got two jukeboxes, um, thousands of seven inches. Yeah. Um, my brother's got loads and loads of vinyl as well, and he's got his own bar. We talked about he's got, own bar. Yeah. he's got a load of that going on. Uh, but as kids, I sort of remember it remember my parents um, dancing a lot to Motown, you know, um, Diana Ross and the Supremes, yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, Reflections, which was a big one, all the skits, and I love that yeah. tune. But they used to always dance in the kitchen and that kind of thing. And they still do. They, if we go to theirs on a, on a weekend, it's, you know, the wine's cracked open and the jukebox is on and, and they love it, you know. And they still buy lots of records. Still, My dad still buys lots of vinyl. Yeah. Um, and so much that after it's in boxes now. Yeah. Uh, but he's just can't help himself. You know. He I think this is a car boot sale or something. Like, he can't help himself. It's impossible. Yeah. It's a social thing as well. Like you know, I've seen a change in um, some of my parts of my family. The dynamic in their family as things like technology is mm. coming. Where sometimes I can go around there and go out my way to see them, you know, and then there's points when we're in their lounge and all three of them are on their phone. And it's like, fucking hell. You know, I don't, I see you once every three months. And I think things like Vinyl Friday, it's, it's a way to, to listen and enjoy and, yeah. and engage with each other that isn't about something that's not outside of that room. And I think a lot of that, we're, we're losing that. And you kind of, it's good that you've stuck to the vinyl because it's all coming I back around now. You're like, oh, you've, been, you've, you've stuck to your guns and it's it's paid off. I know? have to confess, though, I am not great at looking after my vinyl. Oh, neither am I. My vinyl yeah. is there as a tool to, to be used. I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% agree with that. I'm, you know, yeah. play, play it, yeah. you know. And often, you know, it's like, oh, damn, I should have took more care of that, yeah. look at the state of that. But... It's, I, I've seen it be played to people. Yeah, yeah, I, I, com- yeah. I completely agree. Some of my mates have a go at me because of the state of my vinyl collection yeah. and that. And all my, like, I've got 
drum and bass, quite a lot of drum and yeah, bass. Right, and right. Jungle and probably a few of those are worth something, but oh god, I've had some parties. Yeah. And you look at you look at What's wrong with a battle scar? Yeah. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I've got one. I've got a, a track, um, the Sneaker Pimps, uh, twelve inch. Love yeah. that. And it's got a massive chunk out of it, yeah. half moon, yeah. but still got enough of that. That 12 inch which I can use to mix in with something oh, else. Great. That's fine, still in the record. Yeah, yeah. But I've got records I hear on the radio, and because I know that I've got obviously I've got that on vinyl and I and it's got a scratch on it, that sometimes I hear it on the radio I think, oh, I forgot about that bit. Because like <laughs> on my record that I've rinsed yeah, it on, right, it's, right, it right. just jumps in like <laughs> it, it completely cuts that out because it's scratched. But <laughs> what you're saying about vinyl Fridays and things like that, it's, it's so, so brilliant. It's like we, we we have like people over. We'll sit in my bar and we'll we'll have Spotify on and we're just talking about whatever and the music's just in the background. Behind my bar was where I keep my vinyl and I've got a little sort of office space, but the decks are down there as well. But sometimes it's like who wants to go and play some records? Brilliant. And then when we're in there, music is at the forefront then. And then mm-hmm. we're talking music yeah. and people are looking yeah. at the sleeves and that conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. appeals to me more yeah. just because I'm an anorak for music. But it's, it's just seeing people that haven't, a lot of people, my friends, haven't got record players anymore and sold all their vinyl it's, boot it's sales and stuff, I'm sure. Like having a dog. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I said to him, I've got a dog, it's really conversation. Straight away. <laughs> when, I, when I got my, my Dex app for the uh, first time, like years and years ago, probably about five, six years ago, um, I said to my daughter, I said, Do you want to come and play some records? And she said yes, and was completely unaware of what I was talking about. And I said, well, Right, yeah, look. And I think she was probably maybe eight at the time. And then, Never seen a record player. Mm. Never seen like like, like, She was so used to picking her phone up and mm. pressing something and getting music. She couldn't. Like it was really interesting seeing someone put a record on for the mm. first ever time and not knowing what it was going to do. Yeah, and putting a needle on a piece of plastic wow. and and some and it blew her mind. Mm. And it was like it was just a really sweet thing to see. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Someone like experiencing playing a record for the first time. Do you think hopefully? It, you know, the future now means that they'll, you know, people are going to do this. Well, there thing. is, I mean, there is this, this, this trend coming back, you know, like I said to you, I think before, about, you know, you can go into, into stores such as Urban Outfitters or whatever, and you can buy turntables again, you know. Yeah. This, is, this is great. doesn't mean they're the best quality, but who cares? If people mm-hmm. are buying yeah. records and listening to, to, to music in the in the... Physical and sense, then that's definitely. Thing. And people enjoy it, and they get that. They get a bit edgy about it, then they can then go and yeah. you can go for broke kind of. I think yeah. most people growing up, I didn't get my twelve tens till about five years ago because I could mm. never afford them. When mm. I was a kid, I had a Matsui or a Seisho or, or you know some cheap hi-fi system. And I think when you're kids, I don't think you're looking for that pristine sound quality. You just want to play your records. You just want to hear your music, and if it's got a bit more of a crackle and a, and a, and a shitty speaker, it's not the end of the world, is I it? I think it's I not. was uh, more, I think I, I, I looked after my vinyl a lot more when I was younger because it was it was something, my collection, you know? Yeah. Whereas I think then you get a little bit sort of passe after a while about sort of, oh, okay, I'm 
thousands of records, you know. Yeah. So it was all right to stick them on, and yeah. you know, I wish I, I wish I, I wish I had looked after them to some degree yeah. a bit better when I think of particular ones. But you think, well, sod it, you know, they, yeah. they're, they're, they're in that condition because they've been heard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Many people have listened to them. Yeah. It's like it's that that argument of um, like that's coming bounding around a lot these days about experience or material gains, you know, and how. You know, would you rather have an experience or would you rather have a car? Yeah. And like people are realising now that actually experience is way more important than something that you've got parked yeah. or kept somewhere. But like I collect comics and I do keep them mostly in pristine condition. Um, are they worth something? Some of them are. Yeah. I've got one that I would say is actually effectively priceless. Wow. Uh, a, um, a good friend of us, of our Scroobius Pit, got me for a birthday um, five years ago a comic signed by the guy who wrote it. Um, but he, when he wrote it, the, his relationship with that comic broke down, uh, and he doesn't ever have anything to do with that comic really these days. Right. And yet I've got his signature on that comic, right. and he's a, he's as big as they come in that in that world. So it's effectively like yeah, yeah, should yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and I, in fairness, I should probably have that in some kind of like airtight vacuum. I've got it in good protective packaging, but I never had that. I think I had that to start with my records a bit like you, Justin, and then. I think the more and more my social group expanded and you play records to people or you go around someone's house to have a mix and you're having fun. I don't know, it was more about everyone having fun than it was me being able to keep that wrapped up indoors. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think I had a set of cam belt drives to start with and they, they weren't that good. But when I, 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 bought, I bought my Technics, I think 1200s at uni, off my student loan. That's the only way I could have afforded it. That's the only way I could have it. But all my, all my money was going on alcohol and drugs, effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all my friends were like, if we don't do something, we're yeah. going to like just have the... Well, that's you could have been, you know, you're enterprising, basically. If I did yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if someone's going to hire me, and I could make it, it's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Well, mine was, was second hand ones, yeah. But, uh, um, I mean, I had some new marks for, for ages. Yeah. And they were cheap, and they did the job, but I always wanted some techniques you, you would though wouldn't you everyone wanted them and I could never afford them and uh, even well, when I was DJing about £400 each one, yeah um, was, was actually a easy well a grand with a mix grand yeah it was you know, got anyone got a grand. spare grand yeah no. certainly not should have come to me I'd have lent you some of my yeah. loans <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, like literally about three years ago my mate went I want to flog my 1210s on, mm. on social media does anyone want them and I was like how much and he was like Hundred quid each, and I went. I'll have them. So I was like, brilliant. I've, I've got my twelve tens at last. You know, I've, I've, every club I've worked in, I've DJed on them and wanted them. Yeah. Could never afford them. From two hundred quid, I think about three weeks later, tenth, and they're, they're, we're going to stop making them. Yeah, that's and I was true. like, brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I've. I've yeah. Well, I salvaged one from which was the motor had gone on it. Yeah. I'm digressing a bit from the news, but I salvaged one from from. Um, one which was being chucked out, and um, uh, yeah, the motor was gone. It was just it was it, it, any record you put on it was it was playing at about five hundred miles an hour. <laughs> right. We managed to um, we managed to uh, oh, I just bought this mic a bit. We managed to um, get a friend of ours to put a new motor in. Works absolutely fine. You know yeah. what I mean? You can get all the parts to them. They're hard. They're really, you know, hard. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. You can knock them about. Those I've yeah. seen them dropped. You know, and they're they're not like the the, the cheap plastic ones. Technics, mm. we we're, we're doing that, but technically, as soon as they re-release them, I know. Yeah. 
But they are, they're the, they are the ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's well, and again, that got, we're thinking about techniques, but that's, you know, the home of hip hop as well. Definitely. So when you go back to thinking about Song Pepper and yeah. Mr. Boys and any of that early hip hop, I mean, just before we move on, mm. I've got Cup, I've got NWA and, um, and uh, Public Enemy original. Vinyl. No, yeah, right, yeah. And I have yeah, looked up yeah. those. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, first pressings of those, and they're in immaculate condition. Very exciting records as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I vividly remember um, one of the details that we use for disruption. Um, we went to Gravesend on the ferry from Tilbury, and uh, and and he went, I'm going to buy it. We went to this record shop, and he went, and he always, well, everybody bought two copies of it because he was a DJ. Uh, scratch DJ, and he went, um, yeah, you got to check this out. And, uh, and we ended up getting back round his ass, and, uh, and he just pulled out two copies of Straight Outta Compton, uh-huh. and I've never heard it, and he just put it on, and I was like, holy fucking yeah, shit, what is this? Bang, it, 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 yeah. it was like, this is hard. Mm. Uh, you know, Public Enemy had a hard sound, but they'd upped it. Do you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? It was yeah, like, it's yeah. got harder and darker. Yeah. Them, them horns are just yeah. fucking dark, brilliant. It's got the amen, amen breaking it yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, that yeah, one's yeah. in everywhere. See, I've kind of, I, for me as well, all, all that early hip-hop and stuff was, uh, I mean, because I play drums, so it's just yeah. immediately straight in there with the, with the, with the rhythm side of it. It's yeah. way before you, I even get into any of the lyrical content on it. It's just like, if you're feeling good from the, from from the, the backbeat, Definitely. and I'm kind of, I'm halfway there already yeah, on the record. And that's how it started, wasn't it? It was just mm-hmm. playing those, it was playing those, almost those drum solos in yeah. between songs, and that's the good bit of the record, that fucking 20 second jump, so they just kept, you know, cool her and that just kept playing that <coughs> one bit, and, that, and, and that's where it sort of stemmed from. Well, there's a few other, the other tunes on here that I've picked, we've got the same thing, reason being, being it's because of the drums, really, mainly. You know. What's your next choice then, Josh? What do you want to pick now? Well, <laughs> we're talking about drums, but um, uh, I've gone for Japan. And, um, you know, 1981, Quiet Life. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, we're talking, talking about sort of DJing, but uh, again, this is a this is a, always a winner for me. The 12-inch version of Quiet Life um, was, is, again, sometimes, you know, you can pick up, particularly in my Elastica days, this was always like, around at house parties, it was always being yeah. made, you know, we love this tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, one day I am going to do a remix of it, and I keep saying it, and keep saying it, because it's just, it's crying out for it. Yeah. You know, that sequence of pattern, um, and, and those 16th note yeah. Yeah. hats, it's brilliant, you know, I just, I just, again, it's great. And Steve Jansen was, it's really underestimated player, really. I mean, he's a, no, it was also, I don't I mean, I was as big a fan as I thought I was, but yeah. I, it was only a few years later that I realised he was David Sylvian's brother. Oh, really? Yeah, and they did the Dolphin Brothers thing together. Do you know that? Right. They did a solo record. No, well, I, I guess solo record. The end of Japan. But, yeah. but they were they were brothers. So, um, yeah. But he kind of, obviously, Steve Jackson sort of kept a sort of back seat and all that. Obviously, David Sylvian was the, the pin-up. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff with, with, with Japan, really. I mean, in my early days of being in bands, when I was at school, I joined a band which was um, 
quite eighties, mm -hmm. uh, and everyone was in in was older than me. And uh, the bass player Tim, who subsequently moved to London, with he uh, used to drive us to Leicester. But he was a big Durani, you know, he loved Duran yeah. Duran. And I wasn't so much on preferred of all, and I think I've always had that sort of darker side. Yeah, yeah. So I just remember driving back from rehearsals. It was a piano towel at Sunbeam, and then the cassette player was on the floor. You know, really, where he'd wired it in himself. It was either Duran. He's like, oh, I'm not fucking Duran. You know what I mean? But occasionally we'd get into the darker stuff, and, yeah. and uh, maybe maybe it was to do with how the rehearsals had gone. But um, the Japan stuff I always I kind of really got into um, so that's that's kind of like you, you know I mean there's a lot of Japan stuff I mean on that same album there's um, uh, what's the track um, uh, Second That Emotion yeah now I'm going to stick my neck out here and I, and I think for me that's actually better than the Smoke Robinson version. <laughs> no, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but for me, and maybe it's because I'd heard that one yeah. before, yeah. or I was sick and my mum and dad dancing to it in the kitchen, yeah, and yeah, I turned, yeah, yeah. turned it off in my yeah. head, but yeah, I quite like that. <laughs> Interesting, I think like... I'm allowed to stick, I'm going to get some flack for that. <laughs> no, mate, you go for it, because I think <laughs> later on, I'm going to get, get a, but mine might get flack for other things I'll say later on that mirror very similar to that, yeah. on, on versions and stuff like that, but... Uh, no, that was cool, man. Quite life's a fucking banger, and um, we we even did a uh, you name we we came we did a cup night with uh, Mark Moore. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Quiet life was the event we done with Andy from Erasure. No, no, no. It was Mark Moore, surely. Mark Moore was. Um, oh no, of course not. Yeah. Was uh, the that, game influenced? Um, I can't what it was called. Blanco. No, no. I can't think. Too, too many cup nights we've done. I thought it was quite life. No, no, Mark, no. Mark, Mark. Um. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But sometimes you have to make a track your own, you know. I mean... Mm. I grew up in the Midlands and, um, and you know, there was a lot of the mod stuff happening and, and you know, I've, I've liked that. I've, I've, some of my roots are from that one. 
growing up, my dad used to play a load of who and you know the Kinks. And so did and you and catch that kind of second mod with you? A little bit. Was you old enough, or was you to catch any of that mod revival? A little bit, but to be honest with you, there wasn't a huge amount of. I mean, the Midlands at the time. I was from Nuneaton, and Coventry is the sort of the, the, the closest city. So there was a little bit of the mod thing, but for, for me, oh, the specials, yeah. mm. the specials, which was, I guess in some ways, might have been the first real band I could probably call my own. Right. I loved, loved the jam, and one of my first records was the jam, uh, this is a modern world album, yeah. again, sit there and look at the pictures of yeah. Yeah. that picture on the back of the band sort yeah. of like that's what it's like to be in a band just jumping off the yeah, genre yeah. or whatever but um, I think it was the, the specials and, and, and still today if you go back back there I think most people say that's that's ours you know the specials yeah. are not that any of them probably live in Coventry anymore Neville does does he? Well, uh, I don't um, he's got um it's, it's does he? No, but uh, I've got friends that live in Coventry. I've got there quite a lot. And um, um, my, my mate runs a, a, a butcher's and he's lived in Coventry all his life. He's a massive specialist right, fan. Right, right. And every one of his mates sees Neville Staples right. walking around. And like, literally any day that my mate Mark's not working, Neville will come in and buy his sausages and stuff like that. <laughs> and he's lived all his life and has never met him to the point where like, Oh yeah, I see never getting the band. He's like, fuck's sake, seriously, come on, why have I never met a fucking never But apparently, I think there's a thing doing seven day weeks for months now to try and catch him. But there's a eating those sausages by now. There's a um a scar cafe in Coventry. Right. And I think Neville's involved in that. Possibly. Was it was a selector from Coventry as well? Yeah. Like um I mean there's a lot a lot of the lot of those lot of the two tone label was Coventry, so a lot of the bands there, right? But for us, I'm saying that, that, that we could sort of call it they were our band, mm, yeah, you know, whatever yeah. else was happening. I guess it was similar if you're into the, the Scar thing, the two time thing with Madness up in London or whatever. Yeah. But really, for for us, it, it was the specials, you know. Yeah. But I was, it was, I was a little bit late. I was kind of getting into them, they were a little bit older than me. And I was starting to get into that 80s kind of. Um, Production in May, man. Mm, Some of yeah. the stuff I like. I mean, I, you know, the indie stuff in the early eighties wasn't actually that great. Yeah, really. I mean, and then the Primitives were from Coventry, and I guess you've got uh, Echo and the Bunnymen, which is or the Smiths, which is the good stuff. But I yeah. don't really know much of that. That yeah. sort of era, really. A lot of the bands were major label. Kind of artists, yeah. really, I suppose. And you had the postcard scene going on at that time, didn't you? Yeah. Up in Scotland and that, but of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get what you said. Sure, I mean, yeah. a lot of Virgin Records was probably almost seen as a as an independent, yeah, in some ways. yeah, 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 for yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. And a lot of those, the, the kind of cool acts were on on the sort of Virgin. Yeah. Yeah. New Wave was coming in, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think Japan always were like, we're, we're not New Wave. They're like we, you know, we know that we we've influenced you guys, especially in dress. But we we live like this. You yeah. you go and put that on at the weekends, but I, I get up and I put this shit on. You know, it's like so. Don't stop calling us new wave. You know, yeah. we, we've come off us. We're off on on some other thing. You know, glam and rock, and glam rock. But I guess because of that side of it as well, I kind of I always had like sort of pop. You know, sensibility. Yeah, yeah, a little bit yeah. influenced yeah, yeah. always from that sort of pop stuff, really. Mm. You know, I, like, I do at the end of the day, like 
good song that can yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
it was the same thing. I wasn't learning. So parents solved that and then they got us a little bass. There's always been music mm. in the house. They've always, and my parents have always encouraged uh, us to do whatever we wanted to do, really. Yeah. And then because of the nature of, of them loving music, I think there was, they kind of wanted us to pick something up. We had a, a K guitar and a, all this stuff went by the, by the wayside. And then a mate of mine at school used to go around his, his grandma's at, at lunchtime. Uh, and he had drunk it there. He didn't even have it at home, but it was opposite school, so it's all stuff over there. And he could play a bit. And I just got into it, start picking it up. So uh, I guess that sort of enthused it again, really. Mm. And they, they always said, my parents, that they would get me another one if I learned. But I started to sort of take ownership of, of a bit of practice. And I had a practice pad and a bass drum skin and a, and a hi-hat. And I used to sit on my bed and just work it out like that. But some... Um, Got a job, a Saturday job, and I saved up a bit of money, and they saved me, gave me a bit of money, and I managed to get this 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 drum kit in the from the local music shop, and that was it really. Was just putting headphones, and also the eight. We're talking about the eighties here. Yeah. What I used to just do when we talk about st the stereo, I used to do the same thing. My buddy used to watch movies all the time. He had he was like the first kid that, that I knew had a video proper yeah. concrete eighties video, yeah. but he was into all these big blockbusters with his Terminator movies and. Like, I used to just practice in my room, stick the headphones on and play along to whatever, you know. Um, yeah. I used to save all my dinner money and there's a little record shop in town called What Records and I used to have the, you know, the eights, massive like 12 inches, wasn't yeah. it? Just extend it. By yeah, room. a maxi single. Just, just, <laughs> I used to just go and sort of buy, buy, a record, buy a record every day from the record shop yeah. and just take it. I didn't even Amazing. know what it was half the time. Yeah. You know, there were like 20p, 30p in the, in the, in the record in the in the in the yeah. basket as you walked in the shop, and that was how I started building the collection. But that's that was why John's my dad was massive Who fan, yeah. And a, and a friend of the family, the first record I had really, apart from the Jungle Book, was um, mm. uh, a bunch of Kinks albums. That's and the family gave me. So again, just all the, all the physical, yeah, and like that, but. Uh, it's it's only later later when I started really trying that. finding my own yeah. thing that I. Well, but for me, there was only me and my mate. It's you know at school we had the, had the other drum kit. There was only two of us in town that that I knew played drums. So I used to cycle past the music shop on the way to school, and which was always my technique even when I moved to London. But just answer the adverts for drummer wanted, even though I was at school. Yeah. All these bands were looking for drummers, so <clears> I ended up being in a couple of bands even at school. Because it isn't that, you know, for parents to be like, yeah, come let's get you a drum kit. It's like it's not all parents saying that, is it? Because you know it can be quite loud and yeah, yeah. So yeah, to have that yeah, mate, yeah. is is almost a you was a unique thing. Yeah. It? You know, yeah. my mum, yeah. I had a, so I had a drum kit for a year. Yeah. Um, off a friend and I had that in my third year of uni I had a huge a room about this size at uni which oh, you wouldn't believe I was really lucky and I had it set up in there and I fucking loved it and when I come back to Essex I had nowhere for it you know I just nowhere to play it or whatever so that's where it sort of ended I obviously didn't have the affinity or the drive to want to push past that um, but yeah so to have that I think it is sometimes harder for, for drummers to get that opportunity yeah. to yeah. Practice, isn't it? I mean, this kit I bought, which, which is a uh, just one of the black drum kit, that's all I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Get a black <laughs> drum kit, seemed like the coolest thing to do. I didn't know anything about makes or 
which want to have as such. And um, <coughs> uh, uh, what's it called? It's called track or something like that. Right. And it had like white white heads on it. So eventually they got trashed and we had to replace them. And then he took like the first tom off and it was like compressed cardboard. <laughs> and then the the actual shell of the drum. And then the other the, the other tom was like a really badly cut wood or whatever this yeah. it was basically like a prototype kit yeah. that's why it's yeah, like yeah. 200 quid <clears throat> like the beginning of what now you get starter kits everywhere yeah but um, yeah, it did me alright for a while yeah. it did me alright again I think there's a lot to be said for not going out and buying the best of yeah. things when you when you're starting you're venturing into something new you know yeah. people a lot of time I've got to get the best it's like you, you, might, you, might, you, might, you might pick that up and put it down next week what's the point in DIY you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know well this is really I mean this goes on that, that whole thing of, of just like, like I said with the Spitfire thing it's just learning my, my apprentice yeah. apprenticeship really I didn't really know what to do what was the I didn't know any rudiments to jump in I mean, just listen to the record and Play along. That was my that was my education. And that is that is that is fun from what I experienced in doing that and, yeah. and playing. Well, I got I think one of the biggest things I got having learned X amount and able to sort of get enough learn enough to get in a band and work play with like minded people was was a feel was feel really. Right. Records that's where you're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing a Motown record, you're playing a hip hop record yeah. or a <coughs> punk rock record or something because they're all got. The same same beat could be three throughout three of them. Yeah. It's just how you apply that, you know. So that's I think that's one of the things and also eighties was everything was quite sequenced. Everything yeah, was metronomic. And for me I think mm. that's I've, I've learned quite a lot, yeah. you know, I'm quite good with clicks and yeah. yeah. So any of the, the next ones on this list, anything that you might have had on your headphones when you was you was driving along? Well the net, probably the net, well, 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 quite like, yes, definitely. Um, I mean, we'll come to choice number four in a minute, but choice number three is, is a prime example, really. Okay. Which is, which is, uh, Simple Minds and Love Songs. Mm -hmm. Um, Sons of Fascination album is, is a great record, but the album that, I mean, I loved that, that, that was, that was, that record was just, even now, again, we talk about sort of, have it in the DJ band. Yeah. It's a feel-good record. Mm. Recently done a, a, a little bit of work for Simple Minds. And, really? Um, well, not not in playing sense, in in the production side for a company that I, I do some work for, a management company. And uh, it's been nice being on the other side of the fence when they were kind of... Mal Gaynor was quite a big influence yeah. early on when I, was, when I was playing that hard-hitting sort of spray tan and all that yeah. stuff. Um, I don't even think it is my game, but uh, but all just being there, and uh, you know, they don't know that, but for me, I've got that sort of yeah. little smile that yeah. actually I used to listen to this. It's quite yeah. funny how I've ended up uh, doing a bit of backline sort of stuff, but um, yes, Love Song is just a brilliant stadium kind of yeah, cracking feel good track, you know, and again, it's got that 16th note thing, which is the 80s drums, which. When learning to play is really difficult to yeah. do, just keeping that going, and I think I've sort of hooked into that quite early on. My favourite album, actually, is is uh, Real to Cacophony. Yeah, Real to Real Cacophony. I bought that, and that it, that fascinated me that record because it was from the What Records. Yeah, bought it in the bargain mm. basement. 
just a blue cover. Yeah. And I didn't really know who this band Simple yeah. Minds were until later, even though I had it in the collection for quite a long time. So no one put on it. It's just to say, that's a brilliant cover. Yeah. I don't really know anything about this band, but it's a brilliant cover. Yeah. And the, and the, for me, that, that, that never gets never gets played that record. Not yeah, not only really, like my yeah, my yeah, yeah. does, but no one <coughs> ever talks, well, about, yeah, that talks album. about it. I just think, it, and, and, and the playing on that record, it's really, really, it's quite, um, there's a lot of Kraftwerk influence. Yeah. There's a lot of German uh, Kraftwerk definitely, kind of thing. Definitely. And I think that's what I like. <laughs> yeah. Well, you say Love Song was a, a stadium-sized song, and that was obviously the shape of things to come, wasn't yeah. it? You know, they, yeah. they went on to be a ridiculously big, Stadium yeah. feeling band for a long, long yeah. time, and, and sure. I guess they still are. They've gone sure they they now, they're, they're doing it again, aren't they? Yeah. Really? Um, but that live album, jumping again forward, but the, the, they brought a live album out, um, live in Rotterdam or something. I think it might have been. But there was that was when we were talking about vinyl. That was as a vinyl package. Yeah. That was incredible. Just a whole like program in the middle. Yeah. Programs were big for bands. Yeah. The yeah. Movies, they? So they did this whole. <coughs> program of the event, you know, big stadium shots and aerial shots and yeah. game of playing the drums and, you know, that's what it's like, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they didn't write Don't You Forget About Me, did they? I don't know. No. no <laughs> they're, they're, they're kind of, I guess they're the, 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 the simple well minds track yeah, that most exactly, people yeah. will probably be familiar with. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm right, but I believe it was written specifically for Breakfast Club. Oh, and I think you're right. And it was offered to Duran Duran, and they said no. Right. And, uh, and, it, and it got past yeah. the simple minds. Because they were also seemed quite <clears throat> cool again, like, like they've done for a while, weren't they? Simple minds. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, when you listen to like Fields of Coffee or something like that, Sons of Fascination, there's some brilliant Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Musician wise as well. Not like, you know, you have to be a musician. <laughs> yeah. But the production's yeah. fabulous, it's brilliant. It's easy yeah, to get pulled into just seeing the, the don't you forget about me yeah. live and kicking. Mm, yeah. So you, you go back and it, it, gets, back it gets a lot darker. Stuff. And, and they were like, just a, a <clears throat> small band. Again, kind of, I guess yeah. a bit of a new wave. Some cold sounding records. Yeah. It was uh, brilliant. Yeah. Really brilliant. So that was, a good, you know, I should, I, should, I should say that was probably one of the, the simple minds here. I mean, there's, there was... Um, I went through a kind of style council stage a little bit when we, we sort of moved on from the specials, but I did get, I like the jam, but I think the style council were um, more of my time. Mm. Uh, and I think maybe some of the soul influence coming in from my parents was, that was, was in those records. Did you think, did you think that style council were consistent? Because I, I, I don't. Um, I, I think they've got some incredible records, the mm. style council, but I, I just didn't think it was as consistent as the jam. Well, Beat Surrender is the jams, really, isn't it? Yeah. Which, yeah. which I, I bought that seven inch, and you know that was almost like it was almost as if it was one of Paul Weller's demos of the jam. I put some horns on it, and yeah. then, you know, get a nice Hammond, and that's where I want to go. Yeah. But I guess you're right in many ways. It did it did, did that ridiculous thing where with. I just couldn't work, work it out. It was like a live, no, not live. It was a, it was a video for for every. I suppose it was the MTV era. It was a video for the album 
but uh, they did a video for every song and they changed right. outfits. Did you ever see that? No. So there's no. there's there's Sheila E piano and um, is it why I went why I went nothing why I went right. But they did this. It's just they changed outfits. So say they're all in blue and pink. The next outfit, but they're all in white and. They did this for the whole. It's just like losing a little, a little bit of grip on. Maybe that was the end when he said, "I'm going solo." See you later, guys. That tail of the style council. I, I think it was. I think he. I presume he got right into his Italian uh, fashion and and, and yeah. style mm. and stuff. He was. He was. He was looking sharp. Um, but, uh, I, I think um, walls come tumbling down. He's a, Mm, yeah, oh, he's yeah. A pure, he's a cracker, and I think Mick Talbot's stuff on that. He sounds, sounds pure motor. Well, Long Hot Summer is yes, is, yeah. a, is a beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it, if you want a bit of romance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Valentine's yesterday. Well, you're that's, that's, that's 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 he wouldn't have done that because I spent it with you. You popping that on. Anyway, so there we are. That's that's a drumming one for you. Okay, so where are we at? How many you got left on this list? I've got two, two yeah. to talk about. If you want to hear it, yeah, hear one yeah, man, for sure. Well, I had to do this. I had to. I had to. Uh, my next, well, my next, ne- next artist. I had to get her in there somewhere. Um, I've got a bunch of female artists which are just always sort of been amazing, but. It's been she's been talked about a million million times, but Kate Bush has just got to be yeah, exactly. really. Yeah, I mean, I was un, it was unfortunate, I was unfortunate not to get tickets to the Kate Bush gigs. Right, yeah, oh, right. sold yeah. my right arm, yeah, but I was, yeah. I was yeah. sold, sold my grandma for that. <laughs> Sorry, man, <laughs> I would have done. <laughs> How much were I going for? Oh, those ridiculous, and I had people really looking for us to try and get some, and I, I was. I would have done anything. But, I, think, but, I think they must have been so good with security there because I'm not seeing anything on YouTube from these performances. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's uh, a good point. There, there's, there's nothing really out there. and I've, I've looked just to kind of sort of... I think she asked as well. Yeah. You know, she asked, yeah. didn't she? And I think the, the sort of people who have got the, the, the sensibilities and, and taste the Kate Bush, it's also the people who sort of like respect that if she mm. was to ask the crowd. I think yeah. so. You know, it's not like... I think you'll like, probably be right. I think probably right. I think that there was, yeah, her wishes were granted, really. Yeah. You know, but there's there's too many rec- too many songs, really, with Kate Bush. Yeah. That's the thing. It, 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 there's a song for any emotion, any any event. There's, there's something there. Um... Well, for every day of your life with Kate Bush, I think, really. I mean, I, I really got into when I was living with Matt from, from Sway. He, uh, was, that was played quite a lot in the house. And, um, but... Uh, what was, just Kate Bush or anything? Kate Bush, it was quite a lot. I mean, I really liked Kick Inside a lot, but I think to top it, The Hounds of Love, for me, is just is is the best out of all of them. I like Central World as well. Mm. It's a, a brilliant fabulous album mm. but the hounds of love right from the beginning when the drums come in on on um is it running up the yeah she produced that record you know I it's mean, a crazy it's, record it's, that, like, involved in that quite possibly yeah i don't know for sure 
but there's an incredible musicians on that album as well and it's just i mean there's lots of some of the other you've got cloud busting yeah hello yeah. earth yeah incredible songs the feel in those songs is brilliant but it was just more of i remember that in 85 being played a lot but then revisiting later on yeah and that is an album you sort of like you never get tired of really and, and videos are brilliant yeah, like, yeah we, we, we've done a lot of songs. They are cracking. Yeah. And we put Running Up That Hill on. And I just, I'll say to you last night, I'm very drunk at that. Mm. I passed two this morning. Do you want to have a bath? That's <laughs> what it is. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you want a little pint? <laughs> no. Because uh, um, the office still open. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just watching a almost performance art. Yeah, like performance art. Running Up That Hill, isn't it? It really and is. The, the, the dancing was amazing the video is amazing and you just think she's doing that and that's aside from the fact that she's wrote produced played yeah it's just a real deal how she how that record's produced and even yeah. up the hill it's it's it is unique and even how she sings even the chorus on that running up the hill how she sort of judges that mm-hmm. out is it's really clever and it's brilliant as well that's something it's, mm. it's a, but it's an it's an like I say it's an album that I'm never going to tire. If anyone puts it on anywhere, it's not, you know, sometimes you might have somebody's place and they're, you know, bit, you know I don't mind it, but I've heard it enough a yeah. million times. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it can work anywhere. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. It's, like, it's more like, oh, wow, you've got Kate Bush down the yeah. you know. Um, Lyrically as well. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. I think that's what got me. And I, I didn't really connect with Kate Bush when I was younger. I listened, a lot of my roots were quite aggressive music I guess and right. quite heavy and right. it wasn't until um sort of mid twenties that I was really listening to to started to dialing into um uh, people like Kate Bush and actually even like we were talking about what records do you prefer and I, I really dialed into Hound of Love because of the future heads ah, version of, course. of it. Yeah 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 yeah. And uh but it was I, I love how they they they, 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 they covered that. I think it's the shit, you know I mean if you don't like that I mean Maybe because you've heard it so much, you're sick of it. But it was it's fucking banger. That get you uh, out of trouble on an indie dance floor. Oh, and that DJ. that really would. And um, I don't play it enough. Yeah. Like if it, mind you, I've done a lot of indie nights. But lyrically on that, that I get a lump in my throat, and that's not that's not their lyrics. That's Kate Bush's lyric. Mm. I sing along to that song, and it, I get a lump in my mouth. I, I feel emotional now, mm. and that's just her poetic, it's poetic vulnerability, mm. and that's what I love about Kate Bush. A, a, a lot that that side of her that. I it's remember, beautiful. I remember at the time, like in the, the early nineties, you know, DJ and that ran in, and and Tori Amos come out. Oh yeah, and yeah. I just remember loads of people going crazy for Tori Amos, and I was just like, "You've not checked out Kate Bush. <laughs> yeah. She's like Tori Amos, but like better. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's the right way on the piano. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're a, if you're a, you know starting out as a songwriter or anything like that, I think. You know, the Hounds of Love is, is an album that yeah. needs to be checked out. Yeah, it's going to influence you in some ways. You know, it's there's a there's it's perfection in, in songwriting, really. Um, and that, uh, so it's, and many and many of the other albums are really, but just for me, that that's the one that just it's kind of like yeah, this this is the one. Yeah, you know, creatively sort of sticking to your guns as well. Do you know what I mean? Not allowing people to overly drag you away from what she felt was her art form, you know, not just with 
the music, but like you were saying, Shu, like those all those videos.
and, and it, Chris didn't know about Relax being banned. Yeah. And like, and sort of saying that. When you saw, I'm, I'm, I was sort of like outstanding by that when you said yeah. that to me. And I was like, I'm like, what? Because same when you want to come. Yeah. And I was like, really? Well, like, well, but then you think about it. it. They were quite hot on everything, weren't they? I heard yeah. some stories later on about Frank Floyd's Holly when they were making that record. Of course, you know, Holly Johnson and, uh, and they were just having a ball. You know, thinking about it, Trevor Horn made that record. Yeah. They would turn up at the studio and just having a ball. And yeah. And debauchery up for the band on the Yeah. It's uh, Sam West, <laughs> and it sounds great. It sounds still fascinating yeah, now, yeah. you know. Which, uh, yes. you know, and it couldn't be replicated live, really, though, could it? No, at the time. I believe I not. I would have loved to have seen them play live, but I yeah. believe, I believe it wasn't a patch on. That's what I heard. Was, it just yeah. did, they couldn't, because obviously. Yeah, so I mean, Holly Johnson's got an incredible voice. Amazing. And it's, it, I, I'm, I'm shocked really he didn't continue to make that many more records. He did a couple yeah. of solo things, but. He still could have made some fascinating records. Yeah. Brilliant records. They could, they could, they have more chance of doing that now, probably. Probably. They did reform um, for Trevor Horn's birthday thing, right. some gig, and he played, I'd be played as the Bibles as well. Right. And, and Frankie's, like Frankie played, but Holly wasn't fronting them. It was fronted by some guy with only I don't know who he is, and the other guy with. With the kind of handlebar moustache that yeah, was always. He died though, didn't he? Didn't he? Paul Redford, was it Paul Redford? Yes, it. Yeah, yeah I think he died a few, yeah, a few years ago. Don't quote me on that one. Yeah. We should check that out. Um, um, hate to be spending a room Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, that, that gig must have been maybe three, four years ago. It was Trevor Horn's something, it was a big, right. big do, and there was all the different things that he'd produced, all played this, this, this huge gig. Well, I met him once at, um, only briefly, a, a hello at the, at the Depot Rehearsal Studios in, in, um, in uh, Brew Road up in, in Camden. It's no longer there, but a lot of bands used to rehearse there back in the 90s, and he was knocking about quite a bit. Uh, it's a really friendly, it's been a lot of fun. But um, yeah, relax. It was a little youth club we used to go to just up the road, and it lasted like a few weeks, like a scout one turned up and everyone used to just crowd around that seven inch because you couldn't hear it on the radio yeah. it was the era when everyone was trying to set record it or whatever but it was like someone who got a seven inch bang and that was just playing that was the only record that was put on since you last night yeah. I said I went to a working men's club with yeah. dad and it was five people a record on the jukebox was it? and Relax was on there and I've never heard it and, but it was like this record's been banned so however old I was 10 or 11 I was like doing it and I put it on I was like what they found mm. this I didn't know what I was probably telling you not come in and yeah, like, I was like exactly and I put it on again I put it on again and I remember just thinking this is amazing this record and my dad like oh this is shit and like, I was like <laughs> even better do you know what I mean yeah, then, yeah, everyone around yeah. me thinks he's shit yeah. but like you know it was felt like I was doing something dangerous, you know. I'd, I'd, I'd have Frankie goes to Hollywood, I'd yeah. relax. Well, also, you didn't, you know, the, the, the fact that half the band were gay, and yeah. you, you'd have no idea, you know. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was almost like the, the prejudice towards them just because they were, they were gay and they're writing about homosexuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it was, in, you know, incredible. There was two tribes on that record oh, yeah. as well. Brilliant. Um, really like that. Brilliant. Sorry? That's brilliant. It's yeah, so yeah, yeah. 
So that fair, like, dang, 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 takes ages yeah. to start and it yeah. just drops different things slowly slowly so and it when it goes it's like oh that was worth the wait it's just <laughs> fucking brilliant like, um as we mentioned earlier it's, it's used really well in the new train spot in the film there's a big oh, kind of scene with Begbie and, and McGregor yeah. like a chase scene and relax is used fantastically really? in that yeah it's, it's, it's brilliant yeah what a what a record. Well, this is why I cho- even chose it. I mean, I've still got the my original copy of that. Yeah. Where over the years, you know, when you do collect records, and you have to clear them out sometimes, or yeah. you have to pay the rent, and sometimes a few of them go. Mm. And, but that stayed. It, it stayed. So I've still got the original copy. It's in pretty fair condition, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, but some record that was. Let's, 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 you know, um, I mean, they were huge as well. I mean, aside from the the, the records, like the Frankie phenomena of the Frankie mm-hmm. Says T-shirts mm-hmm. and slogans, it was oh, shit. it was ridiculously big. Frankie wasn't it? says no. Like, yeah, like yeah, everything about that was 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 a, was as big or if not bigger than the you know you, any kind of eighties thing you ever seen at any kind of advertising artwork. Generally, we'll have a Frankie Says T-shirt mm. thrown in the mix. You know, it's like it, it, it was a a monster thing aside from from the music, and yeah, I, hopefully, it didn't sort of detract anything from from it. Um, I, I do think they they don't get some of the recognition. I got another friend of mine. He's a, yeah. he's a real Frankie fan. Later in his later, found out that yeah, he's got all the twelve inches, all the albums, and um, I think there's it's one of those. Fans that don't get any rec- the recognition they should do, yeah. mm. or maybe people haven't heard them yeah. in the, you know thirty years on. I wonder if that's what like the, the touring thing affected that. You know, like if they were, it was more studio yeah. orientated because of the level, the layers of production on it, which, uh, like you say, it is. It's great to listen to it as a soundscape and a story, as anything, as an experience. Um, but yeah, to then not be able to sort of replicate that. Right. Maybe that sort of stops them a bit dead, you know, yeah, on income yeah, yeah. and revenue, you know, because you've got record sales, but if they're not, they can't do the stadiums like they could have done, you know, because... Well, well also, you go at Kate Bush and um, the Hounds of Love, it's the same sort of thing. They're all using fair lights at the time. Yeah. And, you know, Kate Bush has stopped playing live, really, on the, at the time the Hounds of Love. So yeah. it did obviously have a major effect on how records were made and how you could perform them. Yeah, yeah this, definitely. This machine was yeah. was was unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. It was the terminator of the yeah, day, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was yeah. going through he was going through bands yeah. like, you know, who needs a, who needs a drummer? <laughs> Don't need a drummer, yeah, just yeah, use a yeah, barrel. Yeah, you know, yeah. so all drummers were fired pretty much. Yeah. You know, bass lines were just programmed as well. You yeah, yeah. really needed the, yeah. the vocalist after a while. Yeah. I mean Kate was a different story because yeah, of strings yeah. and anything going on but it was it was the death of a lot of acts, yeah. I guess. Mm. Yeah, and it cost you about twenty million quid. <laughs> yeah, it was that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Never, no one recouped. They made the record. No one recouped because of the price of the, the higher of the fare. <laughs> <laughs> Should have just got a drummer in. Put him for a bag of crisps. <laughs> well, I think should we should we pop 
pause it and have, and have a quick piss. AWR. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Clever. Yeah, yeah. Captain acronym. I'm yep. going to call you for the rest of the day. Okay. Thanks, no Doctor. Problem. Um, <laughs> Doctor. I'd call this thing with Doctor and Captain. That sounds weird. Yeah, uh, and dangerous. Um, thanks for listening to yeah. part one. Um, I know you've definitely enjoyed that because it was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, not because of me and Chris, but um, purely because uh, of our guest. Of our guest, um, Justin. Um, yeah, we won't keep talking we don't need to keep talking do no, we no. because part two is going to be up very very soon yes. so um go and subscribe um and we'll then you don't have to keep yeah. looking for these things they just pop up on your um <laughs> stop laughing at me when i say pop up it's not sexy <laughs> it's not weird it's not creepy all right i'll tell you sure, what sure. just subscribe and it will appear <laughs> uh, that sounds creepy <laughs> what won't sound creepy <laughs> show up it'll show up subscribe and it will Erect itself within your uh... <laughs> within your box. <laughs> <laughs> or go to Acast and um, and 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 yeah, check us out on there. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll see you shortly. Bye. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.